You are listening to episode 115 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we get blitzed in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Damn, you made it sound funner than what it actually was. Okay. I had a good time. I mean, I know we're in Arizona, but dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this week we played some NFL Blitz 2000, 2000. on the N64. Uh, I used um, the Miami Dolphins against Ryan's Denver Broncos. Yes. So that was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, this week is definitely going to be slow news week for sure. There wasn't a whole lot, dude. Lots of numbers. Lots of numbers, yeah. So, Big numbers. Yeah. So the first one we've got is a PlayStation patent that hints at some major news uh, for a piece of PS5 feature. We've been expecting this. Yeah, we've been expecting some different news that's come up. Uh, U.S. consumers spent record amounts on video games in 2020, NPD reports, which we kind of talked about this a while back, but this is some more numbers. Uh, and then we also got some NPD numbers on Nintendo dominating the first half of... Um, with I half just, of the top 20 games. With half of the top 20 games, yeah. God, I keep thinking first half of the year. I'm like, geez, we're not even like close to that yet. And then uh, the next one is uh, what we want from Ubisoft's massive open-world Star Wars game. So, Ubisoft Massives. Ubisoft Massive is the studio. It's going to be a massive game, though. <laughs> Ubisoft's massive Star Wars game and also made by Ubisoft Massive. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I was I, When I put that in there, I was telling John, I was like, got to make sure there's no typo so he doesn't call me out again. I and still I, screwed it up. I was like, he's still going to get caught on this because it's weirded, worded, worded, yeah. weirded. Worded what? <laughs> worded weirdly. <laughs> weirdly worded. Okay. Uh, all right. So, dude, let's jump in like we normally do on a week-to-week basis. Uh, current pickups. I do see that you got something. Sort of. Uh, so, okay, we'll start with you. Uh, so, I spent money on a free game. You're not supposed Ta-da. to do that. It's free. Yeah. John's been talking so much Apex Legends lately. Uh, I had to dive in and give it a shot. And I wound up buying the, whatever the cheapest, like a thousand credits is so that i could get the premium battle pass and get some cool stuff to get me started and i'm having a blast i've been playing it non-stop there's been multiple times this week because i've only been playing this week i've been up to like two in the morning twice oh yeah i've been putting in some hours i mean john is like level 49 and he's been playing like an extra week longer than me and i've just hit level 40 it's kind of sad so i'm i'm <laughs> climbing on him yeah, for, all oh, this, you're yeah. not climbing on me. You're climb, You're gaining on me. All of this time, not playing Persona. <laughs> Dude, you got to play Persona. I shouldn't have got you an Apex. <laughs> Should not have done it. I mean, I got to play my new game's resolution as well. Uh, but mine's a little shorter than, you know, 50-something hours. I think Conker's is probably, what, 15, 20 hours at most? Yeah. Roughly. Then I don't know how long Odyssey is going to take. Oh, yeah, you got Odyssey, too. Oh, you were boned. And you got Blue's Clues. Oh, yeah. That's only an hour, though. Yeah, we got an hour. But Mario Odyssey can't be more than, like, 20, 30 hours at most. Uh, I'm not going to get everything. I don't recall. You know, to be honest, I'll plead the fifth. We'll see if Ryan can complete this week. Otherwise, he gets double the Blue's Clues. Maybe we'll have him complete Mrs. Spider's Tea Party. No, not again. (laughs) All right. So, uh, I would assume Apex Legends is your currently playing. So, what do you think of the game now that you've got a week into it? Uh... I think it's freaking awesome. I love it. Uh, let's see. I've been playing. I've mostly been just like playing the challenges for this season. 
So I've been playing a bunch of different characters. Uh, I started off playing with Gibraltar, and now I don't really like him so much. Lifeline's super dope. I love... Uh, or no, you like Lifeline That's a lot. That's my main, yeah. Yeah. Lifeline was okay. I played a bunch with her because there was like five or six challenges that had to do with her, so I played a bunch. Um, Pathfinder's pretty cool. I like being able to zip around. Bloodhound's cool. If you guys haven't played Apex Legends, it's a like hero type battle royale shooter where each hero has like a couple different skills that makes them different, but for the most part, everybody's just a person with a gun. So it doesn't matter too, too much. Um, but there's lots of different characters that all have completely, totally different stuff going on with them. Um, it's free. The premium battle pass is a good investment. Like if you actually, it looks like if you buy it, you get enough premium currency back from it that you can just buy the next one with that premium currency and probably just keep it going. So you can probably pay 10 bucks and get like a lot of stuff out of it. There's certain things that it's definitely always pushing you to buy stuff. And like those, uh, like loot crates come really quick at the beginning and now they're kind of drip fed yeah. a lot more. So it's got all that, you know, same kind of gotcha mechanic stuff, but the gameplay is just so fun. Like I feel like it's still not terrible because it is a free game, but you know, if this was like, a $60 game and they wanted you to get all this stuff. Yeah, that would be absolutely terrible. Like I'm not advocating for loot boxes. We spent a lot of time bashing loot boxes here. So it's, it's a very reasonable game. I feel like you can have a lot, a lot of fun for free. Well, and when we typically will bash loot boxes, it's along the lines of, you know, improvements to the game that are not cosmetic based things, or it's, I mean, yeah, there's the gambling aspect of it. That's why, you know, and I haven't touched any loot boxes in this game at all. I've gotten whatever I've gotten. Just the free ones, yeah. Yeah, and then whatever I can get from the challenges and such, which is enough there that you don't need to actually spend any money. But it's the companies that are like, oh, you want to specifically unlock this character and you have to buy it and making it nearly impossible to be able to unlock them. That's where it's kind of crazy. So, like, this one, I think it's like every, probably every 20 levels or so, you can unlock a character. Is kind of what Close I think to it that, comes out yeah. to. Yeah, because like I unlocked my first other character, which was Revenant, at like level 20. And then around the level 40 range, maybe 42, I unlocked Caustic. Yeah, I'm 40 and I'm almost about ready to unlock my second. So it's like, if you're playing this on like a normal schedule, not like barreling through it every day like I've been doing, then you can probably get like a character a week. Yeah. Or so, depending on how much you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not difficult, you know, to kind of get that level. I guess There's, later on in levels, it'll take longer, though. Yeah, it should take longer, and I mean, it, I would imagine it would, but I think as you obviously level up, you get better at the game, so mm -hmm. you're theoretically going to be able to, I wouldn't say you're going to win more, because it's difficult to win, but... You can at you're least gonna, get more points. Yeah, you're going to be able to rack up more kills, you're going to be able to last longer, and that's not to say you're always going to, because... I've been in games There's where I so many with... times where you just drop into like yeah. a seven way firefight in those stupid apartments. Yeah, like it's just it's crazy. Like those firefights and when you do drop in, I've dropped in with like level five hundred characters and we've been out like immediately. Oh, yeah. So and I, I've played games with five hundred level characters where they go down right away. I get a couple kills and recover them. I mean it, and level doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it, I guess, but it just kind of shows you that as you kind of progress higher. 
um, you are going to get better. So at a level 40, I'm here playing of like level 150s and 200s and 500s, and I'm holding my own. And that's after a couple weeks of playing. So I think if you, I wouldn't say put in dedication, but if you put in the time and practice and kind of get better at it and understand the characters and mechanics and the flow of things, and you know, I think once you kind of get used to that speed of a game, it does get easier and leveling up isn't so bad. Yeah, it'll be interesting to have like a new one of these games to kind of follow. It's been a long time since I've really been into like an online shooter and I've never played a Battle Royale game before. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to track the evolution of this. I know this game came out like, just a few months after we started the podcast, so it's been around since 2019. We started in late 2018. Yeah. So yeah. I remember when we when this initially came out, we were talking about it. Because it was never... kind of like a sleeper hit. Like, it came out of nowhere and was, like, huge. Yeah. And I remember them talking about, like, how good the ping system was, like, how, like, you had a character that could, like, see footprints and stuff and, like, track people. And I'm like, oh, Bloodhound, I get it now. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of sucks that we, you know, didn't play this back then. But man, I would have spent a lot of my life playing this game. Yeah, and I probably will now. Spend a lot of time. Think of all the Persona I wouldn't have played last year. Oh yeah, had I known, he wouldn't have played anything. Uh, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have played Shenmue. But no, I I did actually. So going into my currently playing, I have been playing Apex. I got up to level forty nine this week, and uh, I'm enjoying it, dude. I love the uh, the takedown uh, thing that they got going on right now. So. You've got the kitted weapons that are already set in stone, and it, it's interesting to kind of just dive into that and have all those weapons already set. And then also, I've played in with against kitted weapons where I go on the outskirts, pick stuff up, and kill those that have kitted weapons as well. So it's really an interesting concept they got going on right now, the whole fight night takedown type thing going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like it's It's a blast so far. But I did put it down for a moment the other day because I had to, A, dare you. prep for D&D. Because I had my D&D session this week, which is going pretty good. The DMing is is nice. So catch some of our prior episodes on D&D. Um, and we'll go into where you can find that in a bit. And I also played a little more Jade Cocoon. So Jade Cocoon has been on the back burner since I started playing Apex. And Dragon's Crown is on the back burner. My wife and I got back into Vikings. So we... The show? The show, yeah. It's the last season. I think we got like three episodes left. So it was kind of a double whammy, right? So we're sitting there. We had just finished one show and we saw the chilling adventures of sabrina's final season was on so we watched that and then i saw i was talking to a co-worker who's like oh yeah the final season of vikings is on so we got into vikings so it's just been like several weeks of just tv like every day we just watch tv yeah we've been watching k-dramas yeah i can't watch k-dramas uh but yeah so jade cocoon i got a little further i was clearing out the spider forest and getting some more um, creatures and capturing them and leveling them up and whatnot. Um, I did make some progression in the game. And, I mean, honestly, the the way the game is progressing is, like, by chapter, it seems, almost. Like, how it breaks down. So, I don't know how far I am. I should probably look into that. But uh, I would say, based on what I'm seeing and the size of this game and how it's working, I'd say I'm probably about 50% through on this title. So... My goal is going to be, of course, to play more Apex this week and definitely hammer out some hours of Jade Cocoon here and there in the week and see how far I can get. And tomorrow I got off, so tomorrow is going to be hardcore, just like Jade Cocoon all day if I can do it. There you go. Yeah. And then uh, Collector's Edition of Streets of Rage 4 came in this week, so that's going to be my pickup. Uh, So I was pretty happy, and I I know... uh, church of game grinder he actually got his as well and he was pretty happy he has a pretty cool reveal video if you haven't seen that so check out the game grinder uh, for his reveal video of you know or i guess his unboxing. unboxing of it and uh the reveal 
I, I didn't I didn't check out his yet, so I definitely have to check out his unboxing, but mine had like issues with both the Sega Genesis carts that are inside. So the, the nice metal collector's edition cart uh, definitely shattered the interior holder of the Sega Genesis box. So uh, Limited Run is going to send me a new one because I'm just not about to go buy one on my own when it was their product and shipping that did it. And the one that, for whatever reason, the one that holds the PS4 game case and the Steelbook case, that also shattered during shipping, which is crazy. And I know that, like, the plastic is fragile, but damn, dude, like, I've shipped out some Genesis games and just a straight-up bubble mailer and had never had that issue of a case. So they got some cheap-ass cases that they bought. And then the box itself is just, like, it feels like super high quality, but the lid does not actually fit properly on the box itself. So along the edges, the seams of the actual, like, lid, it's split on the sides. So I had to super glue that, and even afterwards it split again because it's just not, like... It's a really nice sturdy box, but it's just not properly fit. And I have I bought two collector's editions, so that happened to one, and then the other one I was gonna keep sealed is also split. So that kind of oh, sucks. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> so I, I messaged and they were actually really quick on their warranty, um, or not warranty, but their uh, ticket system. I just reached out, I'm like, hey, you know, the tops of those boxes are split. Here's some pictures of the box as well as um, you know, what I've got going on the cases and the shattering in there, like, oh, well, here's like five different options on how you can go about this. Like, you can return it uh, and get your money back. You can do a direct exchange or we'll just send you literally the ex exact same product back. We can send you back product. Uh, you know, in some cases, you may need to send us something back. So like, say I told them the disc was scratched, that'd be an instance where they would need the game back and they'd send it back to me. Uh, but yeah, like super quick, super helpful. And uh, I haven't heard anything back on the ticket, but I got that Friday. So I'd imagine they're already long logged weekend. off. Yeah, long weekend and such. So we'll see what happens this week. And I guess I'll keep people updated. Uh, but that being said, uh, Ryan, you can go ahead and look trivia up while I do this because I haven't looked up trivia. But You were doing trivia. All right, fine. I'll look up trivia. But you can find us and oh, our yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. You can find us and our podcast online at places such as thegamedeflators.com. It's a great place to go. Uh, you can find us anywhere that you listen to the podcast. I don't know. Where are you listening right now? You can find us there. You already did. Good job. Give yourself a pat on the back. You can also find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict. Uh, I don't think Google Podcasts is a thing anymore. The Google Play Music. Now they're doing like their own podcast app. I haven't really looked into that. We should be on Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on our social media. You can find us at Game Deflators on Twitter because they don't like the and you can find us at the game deflators on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. YouTube we haven't updated very well. Long. Twitter is just at Yeah. Game but of course leave reviews on there. Yeah. And uh yeah. Okay, so You got it? Kind of. That kind was of. a terrible thing. Oh oh here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna test Ryan's knowledge here. I know you haven't played this one. Test have you played Persona five? No, okay, well, that's not going to work, folks. Uh, have you played Animal Crossing New Leaf? No. Damn it, Ryan. Damn it. Those I can't go with. Uh, John's trying to get too specific. I am. You haven't played Cuphead, right? Nope. Nope. Man. I've always wanted to play Cuphead. It looks so good. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Ask your question. Ask my question. Oh, my God, dude. I just went to this like, random question, and there's just like nothing in here that's very good. Uh, okay, okay. 
we're going to give you a history question. History! Uh, the video game Assassin's Creed Unity is set primarily in what city during the French Revolution? Paris! Yes! You got it. Okay, one more hard one, and this can be for the folks that are uh, How was that hard? You said the French Revolution. It would be in the capital of France. It could have taken place somewhere else in France. Okay. Uh, Specifically at the Bastille? Exactly. Or the catacombs, which maybe... The catacombs? (laughs) Maybe go in there. Down in the catacombs. Okay, so uh, who is the last boss in Street Fighter 3? Shinakuma. No, it is Gil. Damn you, Gil. It is Gil. Okay. Gil? Gil. G-I-L-L. Oh. That's what it says. I'm going off I the trivia. I didn't know there was a Street Fighter named Gil. I didn't either, and I don't play much Street Fighter. So uh, if you enjoyed that trivia, let us know. If you have trivia suggestions, of course, Ryan just told you where to find us. Let us know on there, too. Did you see the, like, they discovered, like, Shinakuma, like, unlockable and like, I think it was, like, Street Fighter 2 Turbo or something? Uh-uh. After, like, all these years? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was, like, the final, like secret that the game had there's some crazy way you gotta like beat the arcade mode and then do some special inputs with like a second controller and then you can play as him i'll have to see that that's actually pretty interesting yeah they just found it like like a week or two ago well it's interesting too when you kind of think about the idea of uh why is my mouse not working here um when you just kind of look at the fact that it's been that many years and nobody figured it out and like no developer or anybody that like worked on the game specifically was like oh yeah you can totally do this yeah, I just saw some other news that's interesting. I think I talked last week that I had been watching uh, Summoning Salt's videos on YouTube with speedruns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw an update pop in my Google feed this week about somebody nailing some super shortcut on Rainbow Road, I think, for Mario Kart Wii. Really? Or something. Huh. Yeah. There, yeah, that's. It was like supposedly like it'd been done tool assisted, but they thought it was like impossible for humans. So yeah, I think the record just got cut back again. I I should read these articles before I talk about them. Yeah, so I know probably. what I sound like. Yeah, well, you know what? At the end of the day, though, like that's those are actually like super cool like situations and games where like after so many years, like something crazy happens that you didn't think was possible, and like when you have those new records that come up years down the road for certain video games. I think if you, I know it's not like Guinness, but if you Google like video game world records. Uh, there's, I think there's a website. I don't remember the name. Twin of it. Galaxies? No, it's not Twin Galaxies. It's some like Speed independent demos. No, I don't remember the name. So you would recognize it just by the interface. Like you go on, it literally just gives you like a drop down of like the types of game systems and the games that you would want to see records for, and it just shows like videos where it'll show like an explanation of how they did it and what they did and the time breakdown of the person that actually set the record. Mm. And it just has like, uh, it's kind of like a thumbnail setting where it just kind of lays it out like in rows of three. And you just kind of go down, you're like, Mario Kart, what records are on Mario Kart? And it'll say like, fastest lap with Peach of all time, like fastest time beating arcade mode. Like it'll just kind of break everything down for you. And it's super cool. Mm. So that that's one to look at. All right. Our first article that we have here is PlayStation hints at major news uh, PS5 feature. And that's by Michael Lee at Game Rant. We've been waiting for this one, folks. Yeah, so this one, uh, yeah, right. So this is pretty cool. Like, you know, patents don't always happen. And, you know, you can have like a million patents hit the, uh, you know, the wire. And it's just, it's nothing, right? But usually when a patent is made, there is some sort of intention, right, to at least try to make something happen. And in this case, uh, Sony has a patent for a really like a messaging type system, which in a sense would kind of act like 
a guide, like a walkthrough as you're playing a game. So the way I envision this, and you did as well, is kind of like Dark Souls, where you can leave a message uh, with maybe some sort of like ping or something on screen that comes up to say like, oh, beware of enemy ahead, or giant fall up ahead, which would probably help me in Apex, given the amount of times I've flown off screen. Oh my god, there's so many times where I'm playing as Pathfinder and I'll zip line up a wall just to fall into the abyss on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've had that issue too. Uh, not with Pathfinder, but just running and then jumping, which is kind of sad. But yeah, so there would be some sort of message system, and I think they said in this article that EA had also put out like a patent, or uh, you know, yeah, they put out a patent for this as well at some point, a similar system. So it says that EA filed a patent for a quality-based matchmaking system to improve how players are grouped together in online play. Which actually would be pretty badass because that's something I'm seeing in Apex right now is getting paired up with like level 200s and 300s and I'm a level 49. Like why would I be playing against those people? But it's fine if you can hold your own. But yeah, so I think, dude, this would be a pretty cool system to have in place. Uh, It would be nice because you wouldn't necessarily have to like google whenever you get like stuck in a game it's just a matter of like oh let me ping it let me see if you know what's going on and it would also remove i would say the need for like hint systems in games potentially like it would just supplement it i think because it would be like the developers would still want you in an offline environment to be able to you know get the benefits of an in-game hint system that would just be a layered on top approach like i could see it going like Going as a way to just like lead the lead the way for people to follow, like probably you know a system like that wouldn't be used forever because eventually people are just not going to be interested in leaving notes because whoever the first person that plays the game is going to go through and leave that you know first helpful hint, and then somebody else is going to be like fake wall. And it's not going to be a fake wall. Well, that's something that you always <laughs> run into with Dark Souls and yeah, those other games. But it's, it's like, like people BS. will do that. But eventually, you know, all the good hints will be there and all the dumb hints will be there and it'll be fun or whatever. But it'll just be like a little overlay. The one that I was more excited, they briefly mentioned in the article that there's a new PSVR headset with haptic feedback. Well, that there was a patent put for that. I think it was November. I don't remember if we talked about that. We probably did about the idea of like a a haptic feedback based VR headset that was wireless. Mm-hmm. It was back. I think it said November 25th is what it was linked to. So uh, actually not too long ago, I guess is maybe a little over a month and a half ago that that was brought up. Feels like an age. Oh yeah. But uh, what's really interesting about that too. So yeah, that message system is pretty awesome. And like, I can imagine that with a VR headset for sure. Like just sitting back in a game and a message pops up on something that you should do or shouldn't do in the game. And uh, one thing I did notice though, in that, article about the headset at least that it transitioned to was i guess you know like the current headset that's out on ps4 it is of course compatible with the ps5 and sony's doing a cool thing where it'll just send you a free adapter to be able mm. to play it so that's pretty interesting so if you uh have vr and you didn't know about that now you're you know. planning on getting a ps5 yeah sony's giving away um, an adapter to be able to do it for free okay so I don't think there's much else to talk about with this. It's, uh, you know, just Envision Dark Souls is kind of what we're looking at. Messaging-based system would kind of act as a guide. And then, of course, as Ryan said, probably supplemental to the hint-based system like you would see in probably like an Uncharted, like any Naughty Dog style game, or really any game of that mm-hmm. nature uh, that has that hint-based system. Uh, 
Next, U.S. consumers spent record amounts on video games in 2020 per an NPD report. So uh, this one is by John Porter at The Verge. Ryan, what are the numbers here? I know uh, we talked about it a while back, but this is probably a little more definitive given that it's officially end-of-year numbers. So <clears throat> spending on video games set a new record of $56.9 billion in 2020 in the U.S., uh, that's according to a new NPD group report. A 27% increase compared to 2019. Um, let's see. Spending on hardware hit its highest level since 2011 at $5.3 billion, a 35% increase compared to 2019. And as we all know, most of this is all Switch stuff because <laughs> there just wasn't enough PS5s and Xboxes out there for everybody. I'd be interested to see, too, if... Um, for the gaming hardware, if that includes like all the new graphics cards and stuff that came out, I wouldn't be sure if that would be kind of included as gaming or if that is just like a PC thing that goes under its own statistic. But either way, uh, those are some big numbers showing well, and once again that the industry is absolutely killing it. I don't, I don't know if it was that article or another one because we had a couple that were pretty similar in terms of content to try and at least kind of piece things together and get a better picture of the overall uh, market. But they had said that the Switch was, of course, number one in overall hardware sales, followed by the PS5 on that one. Then they had referenced that Microsoft said that the Xbox Series X and S launch was uh, really the greatest that they've had um, to start out a console series, a mm -hmm. console lifespan. Uh, so it's really interesting overall, and that's given that, you know, the limited amount of product that's in the market right now specifically for Sony and Microsoft with those uh, two consoles that just got released, which is kind of insane because, like, despite the fact that there was a global pandemic occurring, you'd think that, you know, they would have had more, potentially, consoles available, and they didn't. And, of course, we're in this whole, like, shit show of, you know, bots and everything still, and it's still really difficult to get your hands on a PS5. And, you know, obviously the pandemic has a lot to do with it because... This is worse than any time in at least my recent memory where a console is launched and there's been like a limited amount of consoles available on the market. Even when the Switch released, it felt like it was still like available. Like you could go somewhere and find it in the store on a whim when it was delivered in store versus now because everything's like transitioned so much to online sales. It's like nearly impossible. You can't get it in store. And when you do find it in store, it's, you know, maybe one or two and you got to hopefully catch it before somebody else does. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what pushed me to get my Switch when I got it, but I didn't get it at launch. I got it like maybe four months, somewhere between four and seven months after it came out. And I'll probably do the same with the Xbox. I was reading online, double checking again, and it looks like they're still planning on having some availability, hopefully by like April. Yeah. So I could wait a few more months, you know. Um, but yeah, in the... In the kind of companion article that we have to this, uh, talks about Nintendo really stealing the spotlight in these reports, uh, closing out half of the top twenty selling games so I can, of the year. I can go down this list really quick, just uh, quickly to talk about those top twenty games that Nintendo had. Uh, so ten or top ten. Sorry. Well, ten, I mean, seven. they might as well be the top twenty, just given how many are on there. Okay, so the list itself is going to be at number one, and we're just going to go one down to 20. Uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, of course, it's a uh, multi-platform. Cyberpunk 27, or 2077, sorry. 
uh, multi-platform again. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Well, it's not even about multi-platform. It's publisher. So, like, Nintendo made all these games. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's why these are so high, is because they are on multiple platforms. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, uh, the fact that that sold up to number three the month before, and then, of course, now seeing a number four is pretty impressive. Uh, Madden 21, Animal Crossing New Horizons is still in the top ten, which is insane given how long it's been out. So, there's your Nintendo one. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, again, insane how high that is in the chart. Uh, NBA 2K21. Immortals Phoenix Rising. I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, of course, given that it's a a limited run for that one. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, again, another crazy game to be sitting that high. But if you look at the rank there, it says it was 17, and now it's up to 11, which is just kind of... That's great. I mean, it's all the new people that bought yeah. a Switch for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Because everybody has to have that. It should. They should really have a bundle with that instead of Mario Kart. You'd think, but they can definitely sell you know more of those separately, I would imagine. Uh, and that's also something to consider, too, is how many of those Mario Kart 8 Deluxes and like the Animal Crossing like are technically tied to a bundle. Well, Mario is not even Mario Kart's not even on here. Yeah, it is. Mario oh, yeah, Kart it is. It, yeah, it was I seven. It, number seven. Uh, Just Dance 2021, so multi-platform as well. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, that drops significantly from 6 to 13. FIFA 21, which that surprises me compared to like Madden NBA, primarily because FIFA is just such a popular game everywhere. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. Uh, U Deluxe. Super Mario Odyssey hitting up at 16 from 34. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Super Mario Party Ring Fit Adventure. Mortal Kombat 11, and then this says digital sales not included in these figures for a lot of those Nintendo titles. So the fact that digital sales are not included in that... Especially for the Switch. Because yeah. how many people like want to have digital games on their Switch because they can take it easier with them wherever they go. They don't have to worry about having all their carts. But here's what's insane, dude. Digital sales are not included, and they have the asterisk for like Animal Crossing and Cyberpunk and NBA 2K21, but things like... Miles Morales and Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty. Those don't have the asterisk. So that's leading me to believe that that's including digital sales. So it's kind of crazy. Like Nintendo might be even higher than this based on digital sales alone. So, I mean, dude. It wouldn't in- surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. And of course, all of those games, uh, with the exception of Just Dance, are on Nintendo's top 10 of uh, December 2020 sales. So. That is pretty crazy, dude. Like, that's just... I don't know. It's nuts. So, December 2020, those were the sales that came out. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens in January with a lot of these sales. So, maybe that's something we can jump back into after the fact. Uh, All right. So, our next article that we've got going here, unless you've got anything else. And that article, by the way, that December 2020 figures was Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat. All right. The big Last but not least. The big... Exciting, but yet disappointing news. Oh, not disappointing at all. No, no, no. It's disappointing to an extent. Of uh, the Star Wars, this open-world Star Wars game that is supposed to be happening. And it's by Ubisoft Massive. Now, Ubisoft Massive, from what we know, also did some Tom Clancy games not too long ago. And they were apparently hot garbage. Oh, the Division series? Yeah, and then Ubisoft in general... We've seen so many bugs in all of their games. They might as well just be Bethesda. Lots of bad press all over. For we talked about that at the end of last year. So the fact that they got you know the chance to make an open world game, and then like as much as you want to hate on EA, the uh, Jedi Fallen Order, from what I understand, 
is a very good game. Yeah, but I think it's just the availability for the license now for other people to take a stab at it. Like for them to control it and do such a piss poor job for so long, you know, like neither of the. Um, well, I mean, it's not like Ubisoft's been like breaking down doors either. No, no, but I mean, like EA's sole control over the Star Wars franchise for the last like what ten years or so, like. It's crazy. Like, I want to see other studios, like, and not necessarily, like, Ubisoft studios. Like, give some other cool studios out there some room to, like, mess with it, do something with it, tell a story in that universe. Especially now that, like, I feel like since EA has had control, the Star Wars universe has opened up so much more. You know, we've got uh, uh, rumors for another Rogue Squadron game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars Squadron game that's out now is supposed to be really good. I don't. I guess that would be EA still. I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, well, the the one interesting thing that's mentioned here is that Lucas Arts, at the end of the day, is going to have like that final say in a sense mm-hmm. uh, on the story and how the game progresses. And by the way, we didn't mention it, but this is Washington Post, and this is uh, Mike Hume, Gene Park, and uh, Elise Favis. It looks like I can't see from here. My eyesight's terrible, uh, but. Yeah, so LucasArts is supposed to have, like, some oversight on this game. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, in talking about, like, what we want this type of game to be, and, I mean, of course, you know, let us know what you want this game to be. I'm not the hugest Star Wars fan in terms of, like, keeping up with the exact universe. And anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'll forget names from a a show or a video game within, like, a couple weeks after beating it. I just don't remember that crap. It's just not important to me. Uh, same can be said with Star Wars. I just don't remember a lot of like the core names, like from the recent series. Like obviously Han and Luke and Leia, like those are names that OG have been Star around. Wars. Yeah, like I I remember those, but like I know like Ray and Poe, and then I guess it's Finn on the new one. Like that's who's the bad guy? Uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, I guess technically. So yeah, like Big Tree of a Man. Yeah, but like uh, what's his face from? Uh, the one that the Mandalorian. You know what's his face? The, Mandal- the guy from no, no, space. No, no. The Man- with the helmet. With the helmet. Yeah, the Mandalorian. What's his name? I don't know. Mando. That I guess they call him Mando. Like I see, don't know. Thing. Like I just. Finished I haven't that. watched it yet. I just okay. Well, I just finished that. Um, because I think season two is that. That's it. Like season two, and I like I know Boba Fett, but like Mando or whatever. Everybody I don't. Knows I don't Boba remember Fett. his damn name, and I just finished the series. So like that kind of shows you where I'm at with Star Wars. Uh, but that being said. I would welcome this type of game as long as it wasn't some random ass fetch quest type of game where you're just having to like constantly do side quests and fetch quests within this game to get something done. And that's kind of counter to like my thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima, but that's different because it's more of like an enclosed type of environment versus, I don't know, like this would be just huge. It'd have to be massive. Like, are they planning on like space travel, which would be awesome and being able to customize your ships? Are they looking at you know, taking on a certain role and you're on a certain planet and that's maybe it's only on one planet. I mean, there's a lot of questions, you know, I would have here. And where, when does it take place? Is it before the Republic, before the Empire? Like, you know, what time frame are we looking here on, on this whole thing? And of course, like, please don't rehash, you know, like the, uh, what is it? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like, and if you haven't seen it, sorry, I'm going to spoil some stuff here. But, you know, having to go from one planet to get something to go to another planet to get something to go to another planet to get something to then yeah. go ahead and defeat the boss like yeah that's really what it felt like during that movie as fun as it was and you know i did enjoy it but still it wasn't like what you'd anticipate from a movie 
especially given like the time frame they had to build that out. And I just really hope they don't do that in a video game format where it's just like having to go to multiple planets to defeat this end boss at the end of the day, like being able to build up and like whether it's one character or like one world or go to different worlds, you know, maybe it's something similar to like uh, uh, what's the game uh, where you can has like infinite types of worlds that was really crappy when it came out, but now it's pretty oh, good. Um... The fall one or I God. Dude, I, like I just don't remember. No, I know these games. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I always think Star Citizen now, and that's that's not the game. Here, um, I'm just gonna look up game with infinite planets. No man's sky. No man's sky. No man's sky. I yeah, I always I always forget. I was just talking to my friends. Well, the other in my day. mind I was like Skyfall. Like that's I was like fall, like what is it? Fall but, guys. Yeah, <laughs> fall guys, Skyfall guys. Uh <laughs> made sky by fall guys. made by Fallout Wars. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if it was something kind of similar to a No Man's Sky, that I think that'd be pretty cool, like that type of format. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what Ubisoft can do, and I'm not super excited about it. I mean, we saw what you know the company pushed out with their remaster of Prince of Persia, and what they've pushed out, you know, the same exact formula for Assassin's Creed since the PS3. Essentially, I'm just not confident that we're gonna, you know, maybe we're gonna end up getting like Assassin's Creed Wars, is what we're pretty much going to get in this case and i swear if they try to do open world boba fett because he's an assassin of some sort that you know like that's just he's a bounty hunter obviously but like making him into some sort of weird assassin and taking bounties like an assassin's assassin's creed, creed yeah a galaxy far far away that's gotta be so pissed <laughs> if they took that approach and i could That'd see be hilarious that. yeah so i don't know i, I talked a lot he's on got this. like instead of like a hidden blade he's got like a little hidden lightsaber it just comes out tiny. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so bad. Wouldn't he like? What if he like moved his hand down though? Because it's a lightsaber. He's buffet. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's too smart. So what's he your overall? Sandworm. What's your overall thought on this, man? I would love to see some cool Star Wars games that I would want to play. I did want to play Fallen Order. I just haven't. Um, I think that it'll be a good opportunity for this studio to showcase working with a non Tom Clancy IP and see what they can do with the setting. I think that it'll definitely open the doors for hopefully more interesting takes and more different takes. Like I love the, the edges of the star Wars universe that aren't necessarily like about the Jedi's and stuff. And I know that they've done some stuff in the past, what was that one that we played where you were? It was like the squad. It was on Xbox. Oh, the Commando one. Yeah, Republic Commando. Republic Commando was like something like that would be cool. Again, but I guess you have to have a compelling enough story to go that route because at the end of the day, people are fans of the Skywalker saga and they're now fans of you know the Mandalorian saga and how that's all tied in. And the real common thing between all of those is there's some form of Jedi tied to it. Rogue Squadron is a different case, and that was a badass film. It's easily my favorite film. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still had like that crazy Darth Vader tie-in, and like this is what happened before the saga kicked off. So I say Rockstar picks it up, and we have like a Grand Theft Space Auto. You play as some like scumbag version of Han that goes around jacking people's starfighters. I was gonna say you're Han Solo, basically. <laughs> Can you imagine that Rockstar pulls off Han Solo? That dude, like, come on, we gotta patent these things. <laughs> Disney's gonna catch us and take our ideas. Uh, yeah, so overall, man, I think it's it's an interesting situation. I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, I'm scared to see what's going to happen. 
Uh, jumping into our next piece here, man, is our Inflation Deflation Game of the Week. Played NFL Blitz 2000 by Midway Games and uh, published by Midway Games. And it was released in 1999, of course, a year before. Uh, it was released, and then, well, a year before to, you know... All the hot shit this. comes out the summer before. Yeah. And then uh, it is, of course, a sports game, and its reception is in the eights. So, dude... Well received. Well played. Well it was played. a good game. We had a tight game. John was up at one point... Uh, 28 to 14. Well, you were up just six, because you didn't go for the extra point, and then... You got another touchdown, and you did the two-point conversion to cover yourself. Then I managed to come back, and then we just wrestled back and forth. And on, like, the final play, we're in OT. Like, I think you were on the offense, and then you fumbled, like, right in front of your goal line. And I ran it back, and you tackled, but you I fumbled it, and you recovered it, and it was over. And it was like, ah! So, I was winning. It was nuts. I was winning 28-14. Ryan comes back, makes it... Uh, 28-21, I turn over on downs, it's 28-28, there's probably like, I don't know, like a minute left on the clock, I drive down, I make it 35 to, or no, it wasn't 35 at that point, it was just 28-28, so yeah, he drives down the field at, no, you had caught up, I think, you passed me, it was like 28-21 or something, or no? God, man, it was just like, just, okay. No, because you got your OT touchdown yeah, yeah, yeah. You're first, right. yes. and I just That's tied right. it up That's to right. get us into OT. So yeah, it was 28 21 ryan comes back of like 30 40 seconds on the clock gets a bomb of a touchdown scores leaves me with six seconds i have no chance of getting a touchdown at that point uh we go into ot i get it first i score off a bomb for sure he comes back and now at this point it's like back and forth he's always open he scores again making it 35 35 i score again making it 42 he turns it over on downs i get super greedy and go oh man i'm just gonna go and like add on to my point total I go ahead and throw, like, right at my goal line, fumble it. Ryan picks it up, runs it all the way down to, like, my 15, fumbles it. I pick it up and try to run it back. And then, of course, he tackles me and ends the game. But, dude, that was so close. I was freaking out. I thought you were going to take that all the way to the house, tie up the game again with, like, less than 15 seconds on the clock and screw me over. This was one of those weeks where it's like, John's like, you want to play another one? And I'm like, dude, we don't have time. Yeah. Come on, let's play one more. No, we don't have time. We, we, don't, we might have to play one more yeah. next week. Next we'll, week we got to play again. We'll definitely play some more of this. This is a great game. This is like, I never played a whole lot of sports games, but I remember like NFL Blitz. I remember like Wayne Gretzky hockey on the N64. Like I did the majority of my sports games on the N64 during that period of time. And I mean, we had to look up how to use Turbo again. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Z button, we learned it. Yeah, this wasn't the. I think I remembered. Um, not necessarily like how to play because I mean they all pretty much you know play similarly. But like, like the feeling was back. Like I remember what it was like having these clutch moments as a kid and just like oh, it was so good. Yeah, this def- is a great nostalgia kick game. It's a great sports game. It's so fun because it's like. It doesn't take itself like super serious. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the the players are barely there. They're just like these like amalgamations of giant arms. Well, and then like there's certain situations where one guy's like, "Oh, I think I broke a bone," and the commentary on the side like we just happen to both catch yeah. the guy doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. impersonation <laughs> like at the last second. We're like, "Oh my god, that's awesome." Uh, so yeah, definitely a lot of nostalgia there. I do have some other Blitz games, so. Uh, 
God, man, I'm thinking Blitz the League 2 on PS3 next week. Catch okay. that and see how that is. Uh, but Brass Tax here, we've got the most expensive version is a complete Japanese N64 version at 37.48. That must be crazy. Like, imagine being like a kid in Japan in 99 and this comes out on the N64 and it's like, who are these guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, football's huge on a global basis for like in 99 though. Well, were they like streaming it like live on dish? Maybe. I don't know. I never lived in Japan. I've only lived in the U.S. Uh, who knows? I mean, we'll ha- If there's any Japanese followers on here, definitely let us know how you were watching the NFL in 1999. Uh, but the cheapest version, dude, is a loose PAL copy of PlayStation going for 323 And then uh, general numbers here for the N64 version. Complete in box is sitting at 2699 That pe- peaked at 3499 at one point in time. You didn't put dates, Ryan. Uh, oh. and then, <laughs> so at some point it peaked at 3499 <laughs> And then that is uh, trending. It's at level right now. It's not moving anywhere. And then on a... Uh, God, you switched up terminology on us randomly. Uh, <laughs> we don't say level. We say steady. Uh, loose sitting at 1625 I think I picked this up at like 5 bucks several years back. And uh, it peaked at 1895 at some point in time. And that is actually trending upwards again. So... I would say, dude, a loose copy of this sitting at 16 so bucks. That peak was in... January 2015 for the complete inbox, and the peak was May 2020 for the loose. That doesn't surprise me. So, you know, honestly, a complete inbox copy at 26 bucks for this game—that sounds like a pretty good deal. That actually is not a bad deal, uh, I would think. So it's a cool box too. It's got like the dude on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a badass box. So I would say I would pick this up for 27 bucks. Like. I've got the nostalgia for it. It's obviously a really fun game to sit down and play. Like, this is not a game that would just, like, sit on the shelf. You could have people over. You could play four-player. You could get some money out of this game. And, you know, if you found, like, a good-looking box, that's a really good price. Yeah, and this game itself is, like Ryan's saying, a lot of fun. I mean, we had a blast with just two of us. We have two buddies over, and we're playing, like, against one another. That'd be badass, dude. Like, I would have a lot of fun playing this game with other people. Uh, but yeah, dude, 1625, I think that's definitely deflated. I think it could easily be, you know, if you found this game for 20 bucks and, you know, at a shop and that's what they were charging, it wouldn't be a bad deal to pick it up for 20, especially if you intend on playing it. I mean, Madden is Madden, right? But Blitz is Blitz and you're not going to get that nostalgia feel on, on Madden. Like you might, you know, if you played like, but imagine picking up like Madden 2000. You know, it's essentially the same mechanics it's always been for years, and it's just kind of progressed, right? There's different things that have occurred in Madden that have made passing better, or, you know, the speed of a game might have changed, or how you kick the ball, but Blitz is Blitz. And if you go to, like, any random arcade in the country and you have a Blitz machine, you're going to get the same experience here that you would if you were playing in the actual arcade. And we had played at uh, Starfighters. Yeah, we did that Before they put time. in the Guitar Hero machine. Mm. And, dude, I had a blast playing it then, and I had a blast playing it here. I played it at a Galloping Ghost Arcade in Chicago with some friends. Definitely enjoyed it then. So, dude, yeah, 1625, no-brainer. This is deflated in my mind. Deflated. All righty. Uh, well, so we will have some Blitz the League number two on the PlayStation 3 next week. That was a... A random, like, $3 pickup for me, by the way, that Blitz the League. So, kind of happy I got that. We'll see how that investment has turned out for you next week. Yeah, we'll see how much it is. But 
Uh, definitely catch us next week, but of course, here are prior episodes. If you're interested in some D&D stuff, we've got some episodes on that, as well as some top fives from 2020 and uh, some of the favorite games that we had. We'll uh, keep playing football all the way up through the Super Bowl. All the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, of course, find us on those podcast applications. Give us some five-star reviews, six if you can. Find us on social media. And uh, this has been episode 115 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.